0: I've committed to this full-time. This is how I make my living. And I sign on every loan, I vet every deal, I walk in every door. There is nothing more important to me from an earning perspective and asset protections perspective than this. And so we're looking for folks who are interested in experts partnering with us to make huge impacts on the community.
1: Okay. Uh, Good morning. Uh, My name is James Bryant. I am part of the Dreamcatcher Network. Um, I've been one of their thought leaders for some time since the Dreamcatcher's group has started. I'm also going to be launching uh, my own kind of uh, podcast video series, and it's going to be called Unscrambled. And so for those of you that are unfamiliar with Dreamcatcher's, we have monthly or biweekly conference calls where we have different tribe members come and talk about different aspects of um, their life, uh, their investments, and their journey. Recently, we talked to Devin Page, and he was talking about his journey, you know, through life and leading into real estate investment. What's really unique is that uh, we all kind of share a similar piece of that journey. Um, and today. We're just gonna share our collective journey and how we got into real estate investing and really talking about our own individual why and kind of where we see things going and moving forward. So
2: gentlemen, I would like for you guys to
1: introduce yourselves and then we can get started.
2: Good morning, I'm Devin Page. I've been in real estate now for about six months, and I'm part of the Dreamcatchers leadership as well, and excited to be here.
0: Mr. Myers? Yes, sir. I'm Jerome Myers. I've been doing real estate full time for the past three years now. Was doing it as kind of a side hustle when I was still in corporate America for another three to four years as a private money lender and consultant for Flippers. Today, we've got a portfolio that's a little over $5 million and approximately 75, 80 doors spread across Central North Carolina and Virginia. So Jerome, what, what really drove you into getting into uh, real estate? So it started out as a financial thing. The majority of the wealthy have built their wealth and retire in real estate, or they have made money in their respective discipline and then parked their funds in real estate. And so if it worked for the majority of folks, I thought, well, I should be able to make it work for myself. As I got more into multifamily, I realized that there's a mess to provide suitable housing for our fellow humans. There are a lot of people who are trying to get all that they can out of a property and they're not willing to make any investment to the property. And that leaves people even in substandard conditions. And so... The mission now has become to figure out a way to make a profit for our investors, but also provide suitable housing to live in the communities that we own. That is absolutely the main reasons in my why for uh, being involved
1: in real estate investing. Uh, Devin, what, uh, what about you? What kind of led you on your journey to start moving into real estate investing?
2: Um, mine was financial freedom. Been in corporate America now for about 13 years. And kind of can't see myself there until I retire 65. So I wanted to get that financial freedom where I could go and do the things that I'm passionate about and be there for my kids whenever they have sports or anything like that, just being available.
1: You didn't feel that you could um, do that at, while in corporate America?
2: I probably could. I just didn't want to. Ah, I didn't, okay. didn't want to sit behind a desk you know, for a number of years. No, I I understand. So my story, I've been
1: in corporate America, I'm going to say for the past 15, 16 years. I got my BS from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University in civil engineering in uh, 96. And then I went on to graduate school at Virginia Tech to get a master's and a PhD in uh, civil engineering. And I finished that up in 2001. So I went to work in the highway maintenance area, worked for a private sector consultant and contractor performing maintenance on roadways and bridges. Um, I was with them for several years and worked in different parts of the country. Um, Eventually wound up coming to the uh, Richmond, Virginia, Washington, DC kind of area. And those projects started here in in Richmond. I met my now wife, Melba, Mary got here I worked for VDOT for a little bit and managed their contract maintenance unit. For the past 12 years, I've been working at the National Academy of Science for the Transportation Research Board. If you've ever heard any of my dream catcher calls, I've really tried to center my approach in life of trying to get that balance between earning resources and spending time with my family, because spending time with my family is very important to me. I've been able to achieve that through different circumstances. Um, It's definitely been a blessing, but I've been able to achieve that. But when I think about real estate investing, uh, it's not so much that I can spend more time with my family. It's probably for me more that I can spend more time doing the other things that I like to do, whether it's connecting with people, motivating people, really trying to help people be the best version of themselves and trying to infect those around me with a positive attitude uh, with, you know, just a a never ending optimism that we can achieve it together and we can do it. And so for me, that's part of who I am. And I see the journey in real estate investing, helping me to unlock that within me, but also more importantly to unlock it within other people. So Jerome,
0: uh, tell us about your your, I guess your first multi family deal? First multi family deal was in the Churchill neighborhood of Richmond, Virginia. We bought a property for, I think it was $1.27 million, 23 unit, townhome style. Exterior was vinyl clad with the first floor being an all brick. It's right across the street from a supermarket. And the Churchill neighborhood was and still is being gentrified. We ended up with, I think it grew to about construction budget, which included really heavy interior renovations. We added a laundry room, added a half bathroom, relocated or added central HVAC. We also changed the exterior side and painted the brick white, did grading on the landscaping, added new parking lot, new roofs. I mean, we took the building from the finest that 1960 had to something that 2019 standard. In that process, we were able to grow rents from on average about $700 to I think our first leases are $1,200 or $1,195. And there were a lot of challenges with the project, but we're excited. That is awesome.
2: Devin, uh-huh. what about you? First deal uh, was a 26 unit in Greensboro, North Carolina. On a C-class property where 14 of the uh Apartments were a two bedroom one and a half bath the other twelve were two bedroom one bath. This is kind of a uh value add to where we were improve the the management as well as do some light interior and exterior uh, right now we're just really getting started on the upgrades as far as landscaping and cleaning roofs and um fixing the pertes okay
1: okay. And in full disclosure, uh, I am a a partner in both of these deals, as well as another deal that Jerome and I partnered on uh, in Greensboro. And that was really, I guess, my first foray into multifamily was in the the Churchill deal. Um, I remember Jerome came to me, you know, we've been friends for several years, and Jerome always has something, an ideal that he's doing. And whether it's connecting with people, doing a mentoring program, this cat has in a, a boundless amounts of energy. Don't let the stoic look fool you because he's always moving forward and always doing something. And, you know, as a good friend, I try to be there to support him. And, but I'm pretty honest with here's about the limit of what I'll do and what I can commit. And I'm here for you, but I'm not going to take it and run, run with it. So he came to me and we were talking and he was telling me about the multifamily project. And he said, Hey, look, here's the information. Take a look at it. You know, we just kept on with our normal conversation. So I got back home. I began to look at it and began to say, you know, maybe this is something that I can kind of do. I, i As everyone else, I like to make money, right? We all like to make money. Um, So I looked at it as an investment play, but also been able to support my good friend. Unbeknownst to me, I had no idea that it would really ignite something on the inside of me to really have a hunger um, to learn more about multifamily apartment investing and to learn more about providing Uh, decent living conditions for folks that are in those units. Um, We went on an inspection tour on the first project that we invested in in Greensboro. And so we're looking through the units and it really began to break my heart when I would see the condition that the owners allowed their tenants to live in. I mean, there was a situation where you had a young lady, she had three, I think, young children. They were all kind of still hip huggers in a sense, and they didn't have working water. You know, the sink wasn't working, stopped up. They had to take pots and empty the sink out in the backyard, which was causing some other issues in the backyard. And, and there were other folks that uh, were allowed to just live in in substandard, subpar conditions. Um, and I remember just going through that process and kind of thinking to myself that this is a great opportunity to be able to just give back in a sense. We want to make money, we want to make profits, but we also want to raise the standard of living uh, in those places so that those folks can have a decent place to live. And these are, you know, a lot of these are working, you know, people, they were You know, it's just like workforce housing, but they were living in substandard conditions. Has either one of you had any of a similar experience when you've gone or started looking at these properties and started kind of looking at uh,
2: the conditions that folks were uh, allowing their tenants to live? Um, I had a similar experience on my first uh, inspection, but with with mine, I think that it wasn't as the owner's. That were with the con- causing those conditions. I think it was actually the the tenant, based off of what I saw. They had every all the basic necessities. However, I think just their lifestyle is what caused their conditions. I definitely seen and understand what you were going through. For me, so
0: I go in every unit before we purchase anything, yeah. and I see it at every complex. It doesn't matter what the rent has been where people aren't being cared for. Devin, you might not remember, but there's a young couple with a two or three year old daughter and the paint in their living room is peeling and it's probably hanging 12 inches. And so in this situation, somebody put latex paint over top of oil. And anytime that happens, the paint will bubble and then eventually peel. I remember walking into the unit, seeing the paint hanging from the ceiling and the little girl just jumping and smiling and playing on the couch. Um, when we asked the residents what was going on or if they wanted that fixed, they were like, no, I mean, we're, we're happy. It's not bothering us. And, you know, that was heartbreaking for me to have two little girls. And I imagine there's nothing wrong with that paint, but the thought of potentially lead paint being exposed to my children just breaks my Yeah, Yeah, it, it does. And I, and I
1: guess... You know, getting back to Devin's point, definitely, I mean, I think as individuals, people are uh, in charge of the direction that their life goes, right? But when I look at someone that may have the financial wherewithal and the education and the kind of the backing to be able to own these uh, multifamily units, I put the onus more on them. I'm not trying to take the responsibility away from the tenant. But I also think that as apartment owners, that we need to make sure that we're trying to provide the best care that we can for the class of property that we have. It's not that I I don't think that tenants have any uh, responsibility for their conditions, but I just think that we have a higher bar, higher standard to, to reach. And that's what we're striving to reach in the properties that we're, we're investing in looking at the operational improvements looking at things that we can do to provide that level of care for that particular, for those particular communities. Um, So, you know, we've talked about in general, you know, our first deals, our why. So now the question is, where do we go from here? So where are we going? Um, Devin, where are we going to be five years from now? What, you know, what are you, you know, when we cue something like this up five years from now, what are we going to be saying?
2: Five years from now, hopefully, uh, we've reached at least half our goal, which is around 500 doors. Hopefully, some people can be to the point where they reach financial freedom and they can do the things that they desire.
0: Okay. Jerome? So, this one is its core, right? I, I think I hate making predictions, but my prediction is we'll be at 750 to 1,000 doors in five years. Okay. I believe that we have the momentum, I believe that we have the right nucleus. And I believe that the more properties that we close over the next, say, 12 months, it's going to set people on fire. When we do our refinance, when we sell a property and we start getting those dividend checks back out to the investors, I, I don't know how they're going to be able to contain them. <laughs> I'm kind of branding myself as uh, Harry Tubman. <laughs> We're leading people to financial freedom man, through passive
1: investment in real estate. That is awesome, man. That's really awesome. Uh, for me, uh, first, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, a wordsmith guy. So Devin, it's not hopefully, it's what you plan for. So we're not hoping to be there. We're going to be there. Uh, Jerome, you don't like predictions. It's not a prediction when you're doing it. It's, it's not a prediction when you're putting the work in, And you're helping to push all of us to where we need to go, Um, you know, through quiet motivation and encouragement, uh, simple questions. I mean, those are the kinds of things that keep us moving forward. Uh, So I absolutely think if that's where we set out to be, that's where we'll be. Uh, For me, what I've kind of the way that I've coined it is I want to positively impact the lives of over 500 families through my ownership stake in over 500 units within the next five years. Um, and so really pushing to make that happen in the next five years. And, and when I think about that, um, I think that that goal may be too small and it may need to be amended and expanded, but right now it's still providing momentum to move forward. But I really, you know, I'm really excited about moving forward in this space. Um, I think now most of the projects that we've done or been involved in, we've moved forward more with the partnership type model. Um, and so the partners in that are involved in the projects are more active and not strictly passive because there are different kinds of requirements for those passive type of investments. And um, I do believe that in the future, we probably will move more towards, uh, we'll probably do a a both, partnership and maybe a syndication type uh, model. Um, Is that what you guys see us moving towards, or what do you guys see?
2: I I think in order to scale at the rate that we would like, I think syndication would be uh, needed. Okay,
0: Jerome? I think deal size has prevented the syndication model so far. So Buying 20, buying 26, buying 23, purchase price, something sub 1.5. It's just hard to bear the burden of private placement memorandums and so on and so forth. And I think the other piece of it is we're doing it only with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not soliciting investment from strangers. It's our network, our extended network that's coming together as partners and deals. There's been no advertisement, there's been no solicitation for it, in, investment. Our approach is hey, here's what I'm doing. It's very similar to what happened you and the best in the year first, still. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm looking at. Look at this, and at the minimum, tell me if it makes sense. And then, you know, if you're interested in getting involved, let's talk about what that looks like. Many people are busy, right? They have family, they have work, they have church, they have whatever extracurricular activities, second jobs, whatever it is. And so their ability to contribute can be constrained by the competing demands for their resources or their most valuable resources time. Mm-hmm. I've committed to this full time. This is how I make my living. And I sign on every loan. I vet every deal. I walk in every door. There is nothing more important to me from an earning perspective and asset protections perspective than this. And so we're looking for folks who are interested in, Experts partnering with us to make huge impacts on the community. And so I I know that we'll need resources outside of our collective three in order to grow to a portfolio that's doing a lot of money. I mean, 500 doors will probably generate about four million dollars in top line revenue. Yeah, about four million dollars in top line revenue. So that's going to be a significant investment, because the underlying investment is going to be tens of millions of dollars.
1: Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, um, thank you for
1: kind of laying out that and kind of making the pitch of, you know, folks looking to kind of partner with what we're doing that have that interest. Um, And so for both of you, for folks that uh, may see this video that are listening to podcasts, what's the best way for people to get in contact with
2: um, you can reach me on Instagram at Mr. Did, underscore that, or dat D-A-T. Facebook, uh, Devin Page. You should be able to find me easily there. Okay, and
1: when we develop the show notes for this episode, we'll make sure that we include that
0: information. Uh, Jerome? Text me, call me, 757 207 Prefer a text, set up a call, and then we'll get on the line and Talk through your, your financial goals, your goals in general, and financial and real estate goals specific. All right. That's great. And for me, um,
1: jameswb James WB2 at gmail.com is the best way to get in contact with me. Um, guys, I, you know, we're here early in the morning. Um, you know, we, we talk about the millionaire mindset and, and you know, getting up early, getting your day started early. Is there any Uh, kind of closing thoughts that you guys
0: have uh, as we conclude this initial morning kind of setup? For me, my thesis on life is dreams should be real. If you dream of having a life where you don't have to continue to trade your hours for dollars, if you dream of a life where your dollars are making an impact on the world in the most precious place, which is a person's home, if you dream of being able to retire earlier than you would have if you decided to stay the corporate path that asked you to stay in the workforce till you're 60 or 65 years old. I think we have a really attractive alternative for that script. And we invite you to come and explore and learn with us as we go on this journey. Like, it won't be perfect. There will be
2: challenges along the way, but it will never be from a lack of effort. Okay. Devin? If you got dreams and aspirations, never give up on them. I always go for it. For what you know and what you strive to be, uh, be great. Take action. That's the key. I mean, you're never going to reach them if you don't take action.
1: Okay, that's great advice. And th- there are pieces to our own personal story that uh, you know this call wasn't suitable for. And I think during future episodes of Unscramble, we you know we're going to look at not only real estate investing, financial freedom. We're going to look at Building relationships, maintaining relationships, just really trying to do a deeper dive and talking to folks as they unscramble some of these things that have been a mystery for most of us, um, whether it's effective communication. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to taking the steps to unpack that for our listeners. And for me, you know, I agree, dreams should be real, definitely have to take action on those things that we want. And really, the only thing stopping any individual from succeeding. is. I believe that we all have the power of greatness on the inside of us. I believe that we can all achieve those things that we want. The question is, do we want it bad enough? How bad do you want it? If you want financial freedom, how bad do you want it? And that doesn't mean that you're going to go out and do something illegal or you're going to do something dumb, but you got to prepare yourself for who you want to be. Have this You know that saying about you going to work for the job that you have or the job that you want. Are you going to work for the life that you have or the life that you want? If you're unhappy with how things are going in your life, then change it. Take action because the actions that you take today will set you up for who you're going to be tomorrow. Gentlemen, I thank you for your time. It's been great and we will continue to move forward in our path to Multifamily investing, financial freedom, and unlocking the best uh, in people. All right, guys, thanks.
0: Get it how you live, and that's just what I did. You know, I hustle all day and all night, boy. You know, I hustle all day and all night, boy. Come oh.